Hello everyone and welcome back to Unbalanced with me, Karis Davidge. Today I am joined by my very special friend, Lewis. Say hello. Hi guys. <laughs> Lewis and I have been friends since, when was it? Like year seven? About ten years now, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we've obviously known each other for quite a while and I'm really excited to get him on the podcast today to kind of share his story and usually we have a friendship where we'll just be kind of making jokes the whole time and we can't really stay serious so this will be a bit of a test <laughs> to make sure that we stay serious for this. So tell me a bit about yourself, what do you do? So I live and work in London so I'm just here for the weekend for this podcast especially, I've come all the way, I haven't really. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I work in a West End theatre box office since January. Before that I was in uni, but I dropped out. Um, so I'm kind of in like a new chapter now. Cool. That's so, well, exciting. You didn't know that, did you? No, not at all. (laughs) Um, yeah, that is really exciting. Obviously you've gone through a bit of a change in your life, a bit of a new chapter. What's that like being away from, from Cardiff and like being in a new city by yourself? Well, obviously it was quite stressful at first. It's still stressful kind of going from... I haven't really got a permanent, really, house. It's kind of going from different flats and stuff because renting in London is a nightmare. But I love being in London. I've kind of always wanted to live there. When I was at uni, I was kind of half living there because I was only 40 minutes away on the train. And now I'm here for real, so it feels right. That's so sweet that you finally get to be there. After wanting to be there for so long, you're actually living kind of younger you's dream. So tell me a bit about psoriasis, that's what you have. So um, psoriasis is an autoimmune condition and um, it is hereditary, it is in genetics, but it's usually brought on by environmental factors, like a trigger such as probably stress is a big one. So that's why I think it tends to develop in adolescence because that's when you're at your most stressed, you know, puberty and stuff. And it just means that the skin cells in your body produce way too quickly. I think the turnover is supposed to be like 25 to 30 days or something of when a skin cell kind of lives and dies. But it happens in about three days when you've got psoriasis. And that's why you then have this sort of dead skin that accumulates at the top of your epidermis. And that's what makes what a normal person would see of psoriasis. You know, I actually didn't know the science behind it. I don't think you ever, don't think I've ever asked you properly. So that's actually really interesting. How has it kind of affected you growing up, like being in school or with your family? Um, Well, yeah, it's caused a lot of bullying during school, really, and a lot of nasty comments that I've kind of never really been able to let go because school is the playground of life or something like that I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah I think that everyone would agree that things that happen to you in school you don't really forget and it kind of lays the foundations for your adult life then so kind of how it's been in school now kind of affects my social life as an adult and kind of dating life sex life anything like that really. So do you think that leaving school and kind of being out of that toxic environment where bullying is you know very likely to happen do you think that the response to your psoriasis has gotten better? Well, yeah, people, like, when you're an adult, you're kind of not, you're not going to say, like, horrible things that's people's faces, you know. (laughs) You may still think it, because I think we're all, the thing is, we're all going to see people on the street and kind of think things about them, unfortunately, you know. You can see somebody's mole on their face or whatever, and, like, we are going to, unfortunately, notice imperfections, I'd say, but obviously you're just not going to go up to someone and go, oh my god, what is wrong with your skin? You look terrible, or something like that, you know. Yeah, exactly. And I can say I definitely get that as well, now that my condition is 
a bit more noticeable like walking down the street you can see that my leg turns in when I walk and I've got a bit of a limp I've had people not necessarily say things I mean I have had people say things to me on the street but just normally from day to day almost every person I pass on the street I can see their eye naturally being drawn down to my leg and it's not that they're trying to be mean and it's not that they're gonna say anything mean you you just know that it's something obvious and something unusual and it's kind of like they don't even need to say anything for you to know that they're thinking about it or to know that they can see it yeah I get that a lot on the tube with my legs because it's unfortunately it's the bottom of my legs that have sometimes been the worst when it's flared up and that's what I have on show even to wear kind of wear like crop trousers you know so you kind of see that bottom bit of your leg and I see people staring on the tube and I want to be like, uh, what are you looking at? But I don't because you never know for definite if that is what they're doing. But you yeah. can kind of you can kind of see. Yeah, definitely. I, I completely agree with that. So you said that obviously in the summer you're wearing more shorts and stuff. Do you prefer the winter because of that? So you can wear more layers and kind of hide it more? Um, in some ways, yeah. But in the, the summer is usually when the psoriasis gets better because the sun is good for it. So apparently vitamin D is good for it. Um, so maybe, I mean, I was just being told by my gran to take some vitamin D supplements. Maybe that's a new thing because it's a very holistic approach because psoriasis is not curable. So it's just more keeping it in check. But also UV light is good for it. I'm thinking of trying to sunbed. But um, also, I, as far as I can see for me personally, I think over in the UK, it's very dry heat. So that can make it worse because it kind of dries the skin out. But the sun abroad, lovely. When I go on holiday, it'll just be a few days and it'll really clear up. Wow. Um, so yeah in the summer it gets better so in some ways I prefer the summer but in the winter yeah you can cover it easier. This year is probably the first summer where I've decided to just wear shorts anyway. In previous summers I probably have decided to hide it. Oh that's good that you're feeling more confident in your own skin. Literally. Intended, yeah. Um, I've actually been prescribed vitamin D as well for my condition which is obviously completely different to yours it's like more muscular based so I wonder if vitamin D is kind of like a super vitamin that just fixes a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, lots of people in the UK have a lack of vitamin D because a lack of sun, you know, we're such a cold country, especially in the winter. And I think some people say that possibly that lack of vitamin D is what causes what you'd call uh, seasonal depressive disorder. I don't know how Mm. true that is. And I remember, I think I was subscribed vitamin D when I was about 17 as I kind of said, oh, that's why you're tired all the time. But really, I think it was because I had depression and that's why I went on antidepressants a year later. So I think that might be something that they just kind of shove at you as a fix all sometimes. Yeah. So did your antidepressants make your skin worse, would you say? Not as far as I could tell. Because um, I think probably when I went on them, I discussed other medication I was on. And obviously they could tell I had psoriasis. Lots of people who have psoriasis are on antidepressants because it causes mental health problems, basically. So yeah, I don't think they made it worse in any way. But possibly they kept some... If you're on the wrong one, it maybe can, you know. Yeah. So... Would you say you've had psoriasis quite badly from the beginning of your life? Uh, well, no, because, like, you know, you're not going to kind of wake up one morning and be covered in scabs because that would be kind of crazy, you know, it mm-hmm. does develop. So I think it started off when I was about year five, maybe, so that would have been like nine or ten, and that was where it was sort of, it was at the tops of my legs in the sort of skin folds, and it was what they call inverse psoriasis, which is not the sort of scaly stuff. And so if you have it somewhere like that or under your arms... The logic behind it is you wouldn't have the scales because you're always rubbing. I'm doing a little rubbing motion now that you won't see on the podcast. <laughs> so that you wouldn't... So it's more of a shiny kind of red rash, you know, and can be more mistaken for eczema. And so when I went to the doctor, it was mistaken for eczema for a long time. And I remember then going skiing. 
this is possibly in year five or year six, and just being really, I mean, you've been skiing, haven't you, once or twice, mm. you do get itchy under your helmet, but, but I remember being really itchy under my helmet. It's so sweaty. Yeah, so it's sweaty and itchy and really itchy, and I think that was the first psoriasis on my on my scalp, because again, almost everyone has psoriasis has it on their scalp. When I got to high school, it really got bad, and it sort of spread to my arms and legs, and was quite flicking off my head, you know, that's when people used to say, oh, it's dandruff, and that's really hurtful when people would sort of compare it to dandruff, because dandruff is kind of from a lack of self-care, isn't it, really? You know, everyone gets dandruff, but you get it badly if you don't wash your hair well enough and stuff like that. So it's kind of being called dirty when it's like, it's not, you know, it's it's an actual skin condition that I can't really do much about right now. Yeah, I do remember in school, we used to sit next to each other in basically everything in all the classes that we could and lunchtime and stuff. And I remember in year 10 and 11, we switched from light shirts to dark shirts. And obviously then your psoriasis would be more obvious because it would it basically looked like you had dandruff. So the people who didn't know that you had psoriasis would just assume that it was dandruff. So that must have been quite difficult for you then. Exactly, yeah. And it's just, I suppose it's more people need to be aware of it. You know, there's only so much, I suppose, you can kind of... Because, you know, we have these assemblies now where they'll talk about more things. There's only so many assemblies you can do about every single possible... Condition. condition. But yes, if people knew more about it, maybe people would be less cruel about it. Because I think they say 1% of the population have it. Because does Kim Kardashian have it? Apparently. I don't really care about the Kardashians, so I wouldn't know. (laughs) But I believe she has it. But I think people who do have it will kind of keep it secret. And I think the fact is that maybe 1% of the population have it, but a lot less people have it as sort of severe as I have it. You know, you might just, some people just have occasional flares on their arms and legs. My mum has it on her scalp, actually. So really? The hereditary. Oh. But it's just not particularly bad. You know, but for me, it's, it is quite debilitating sometimes. And when I've been to my doctor's appointments, sometimes they will kind of call in the student doctors with them. And I'm assuming, reading between the lines, I think it's like, oh, you won't see this often, you know, especially on a child. So like come and take a look you know (laughs) oh wow I do actually now since meeting you I have actually met other people who have psoriasis and now obviously knowing what it is I was able to kind of I don't know sympathize with them a bit more and kind of know how it affects them a bit more through you and this one girl I know who has psoriasis who only really flares up badly when she drinks alcohol do you think alcohol affects you negatively in that way um, they say it does. That's one of the things. But, you know, I think they say alcohol can make it worse and dairy can make it worse. And it's one of those things. It's like when you give up all the things you enjoy, you know. Yeah. If I gave up cheese, gave up alcohol, gave up chocolate, you know. Yeah. How much worse is it really going to get? If yeah. It, yeah. So I, do, I haven't done a test to really see how much worse it makes it. But that's because I'm, I'm kind of always drinking, you know, not like every night. But as in, yeah. you tend to, especially in uni, I'd have been drinking weekly. Yeah. And so basically you don't let your psoriasis stop you from enjoying chocolate or alcohol or going out socialising and things. Yeah. Do you feel like it has been a barrier in your life in any way? Like stopped you from doing anything that you would have done if you hadn't had psoriasis? Yeah, possibly, because it stopped me from wearing more revealing clothes, for example. It made me less confident with just making friends in general, I think, going up to people, because it's sometimes it's like the first thing they see, you know. And that is that is really hard with, as I said, with kind of dating and sex life in general. You feel like you have to tell people beforehand mm-hmm. rather than them see... Because maybe if someone's seen a photo of you, they maybe won't tell, but then if they've seen you in person, you know, if you get rejected because that, that's really on them, but it's not going to stop it being really hurtful for you in the moment you know oh yeah exactly have you had any negative experiences with dating with your psoriasis not really because I suppose I haven't haven't even tried because I haven't waited to see if that would happen you know and also you won't if possibly someone has rejected you or something you you're not gonna ask them why you're not gonna tell you why so you don't know if it might be that or not you're always wondering Mm. then was it because of my psoriasis or was it because of 
was it because I'm a terrible person, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And if someone did reject you because of your psoriasis, you know that that's not the kind of person you want to be with anyway. Yeah. Another thing with psoriasis as well is that some of my skin is like an open wound, you know, especially when it gets bad. I can be quite bad with itching it, really, because it is really itchy. You know, that's never issue with the um, condition and you might be itching in public but anyway when it is like an open wound that means maybe if you fall over you're much more likely to kind of cut your skin um and obviously that brings a whole other thing then of if you're out and about you might think well I need to get Savlon on this straight away because I've now got a cut you know I I actually fell down the escalator on the way home from work once um because it was like wet you know the escalator's really yeah. steep as well and luckily it wasn't like an, you can have a really nasty fall on the escalator you, you know need stitches but I did sort of cut my leg, which I probably wouldn't have if I didn't have psoriasis. And then I was sat on the tube, I could sort of see the blood seeping through my clothes. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, did think, oh, I need to get home now because if you, if I think if you get the wrong germs in a wound sometimes, it, you can get sepsis, can't you, you know? Yeah. But that's very unlikely, I think. But with psoriasis, you're kind of a bit more like having paper skin sometimes, you know, that cuts right. easy. Yeah, and I guess when you do cut yourself by accident, you, you do tend to worry more because you don't you already have something that's affecting you. You yeah. don't want something on top of that exactly, as well. Exactly, yeah. Do the wounds heal pretty quickly? Um, there's actually a thing, I think it's called, the, I don't know how it's pronounced, I think it's called the Kobner phenomenon. And that actually is to do with that wounds can become psoriasis. So you do have oh. to be careful when you get a cut. I've maybe got cut somewhere and they have then become psoriasis. You will be careful not to cut yourself because you've then got... I, this sounds like something out of sci-fi, doesn't it, really? But it really <laughs> is the truth. Um, wow. And I, some of my acne sometimes seems to get a bit kind of... When I used to have acne when I was younger, I don't as much anymore. Mm. That the psoriasis sort of seems to get involved in that. It goes everywhere where it's not wanted. It's got an access all areas pass, <laughs> you know. So it's kind of, yeah, being careful with that as well. Yeah. So you mentioned that you have depression as well. Do you think your psoriasis has kind of caused that, worsened it, or do you think that's just a whole separate thing? It's definitely one big factor and it all leads to it, into it, you know. Um, but then it's also, I suppose, come from just other issues in school and stuff. And I suppose me picking the wrong kind of future for myself in the start with like what A-levels I took and what I went for at uni. So I'm kind of much happier in myself now. I don't know really if I would describe myself as still having depression or not really you know I'm not on any medication now I just kind of stopped the antidepressants without even consulting with a doctor which was a bit stupid probably but um I just kind of gave up on them really. I mean you clearly felt that you didn't need them anymore. Yeah well I just felt they weren't doing much but I don't know really because I think they say that antidepressants don't work for everyone you know and that you can't just take the magic pill and that's it you need to have counselling at the same time or therapy, or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think I stopped them during lockdown, because I didn't have a job at that point. You know, I wasn't really engaging with uni. I was kind of not doing anything. So I thought, well, I don't really need these, because I'm not leaving the house anyway. So then I think I sort of started them again sporadically, then when I went back to uni after lockdown, but then again, just kind of kept forgetting. And I think it's also, um, this thing with psoriasis as well, in England, you have to pay for prescriptions, which as a student, I just could not afford. So I thought, really, is it worth, maybe it's better to spend that £9 on the prescription or maybe going towards things that I might enjoy and might make me happier kind of thing and that's kind of another way of not treating depression but kind of dealing with it yeah making your mood better you know Mm. and so yeah now that I'm in London if I wanted to switch hospitals I would then have to start paying for the prescriptions for my medication which would be really expensive probably I don't know if you pay per prescription or per item because you know you've got tablets you've got creams so right now I'm still with a hospital in Wales and come back for my appointments which has its own issues and stuff. I suppose it's the transport costs, mm. but it's deciding what is perfect. 
so that's really interesting to hear kind of the mental health point of view as well and having to come back to Wales I'm sure like that's a bit annoying but I guess you have family and me other friends in Wales as well so it's nice to come back do you think that having the appointments in Wales and having to travel for it like does that stress worsen it and kind of make your mental health worse in that way which is quite ironic because you're going for an appointment. Is it for your yeah. mental health or...? No, this is the skin appointments, yeah. Your, okay. Um, yeah, I don't think it really makes it worse having to travel for it because I do come home anyway. But it's just, it's always, a lot of the time anyway, actually thinking about it, I don't have to come home for it because it's a lot of phone appointments recently. After mm. COVID, I think doctors have just kind of realised, oh, we can just fob people off with a phone appointment, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I think something like psoriasis where it's, it's visual, you have to see how it's looking a phone appointment is not really the best course of action, you know. No. Um, Unless it was like a Zoom. Yeah, yeah. And it's or not, you sent you, pictures or something. Yeah, that's something you could do. But I do think they need to see me in person. And they want me to go on as a new treatment now, biologics, which apparently works really well, which is injections. But um, I hate needles. Lots of us don't like them, you know. Mm. I was terrible with needles, like, to start with. And I, with blood tests, I was an absolute nightmare. But now I have to have regular blood tests anyway for the medication I'm on. So I'm just a bit more used to it. But still the idea of these like big injections are not my favourite thing. And what I'd like to try first is the kind of sunbeds. And it, I think they'll obviously be a bit different to when you go to a sunbed for aesthetic reasons. Yeah. But it is sort of concentrated UV light, I think, on the psoriasis. And that, I don't know the full science behind it, but I assume it possibly sort of kills off the bad cells in a similar way that you have cancer treatment with UV yeah. light, you know. And that can also cause cancer as well. Yeah, it I was, was going to say, because I think it's definitely becoming more of a big thing now. People are trying to be more aware with sunbeds that it can cause cancer. Do you think, is that something that you're kind of wary of? Is that is that something you're willing to risk to help with your psoriasis? Yeah, I think so, because... <laughs> that sounds quite blunt. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, because I actually... The thing is, you know, we, we go on these things, like you go on WebMD, don't you? And there's another, you know, like NHS online. And I actually read on one of those that people with psoriasis are like 10 times more likely to get um, heart problems, 20 times more likely to get skin cancer, so many different things. And all these things that I have not been told by a doctor. So I don't know if those are actually true or not. But it's not like I'm reading these on Twitter or like, you know, I'd have thought WebMD is kind of accurate. So anyway, if that is the case, I'm more likely to get cancer anyway. Let's just get on with it and see if we can treat the psoriasis. You yeah. Know? So the sunbed is something that a doctor has recommended? Not my specific doctor, which obviously I'm not going to name my doctors, things yeah. like that. But he kind of keeps recommending this biologic stuff and I'm trying to say I don't want to try that until I've tried the sunbeds really it's less invasive you know and I'm also just thinking with the sunbeds you might also get a free tan out of it so you know <laughs> even looking even more like nice you know you're gonna come out a change person yeah but I really just cannot have that done in Wales because I'd have to come I think the, it would be a quite intensive treatment program to start with the sunbeds you'd probably have I don't know two a week maybe yeah. I couldn't do that obviously that would have to be something done in London and I've considered maybe just going privately, but I don't think you can really just turn up to like a tanning booth and be like, this is to treat my psoriasis because they wouldn't really know yeah. the strength they're supposed to, you know, they're used to just doing and it. And you would probably need like a doctor's note or something to kind of recommend the right... Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. And I'm assuming they're more expensive in England as well. Post- yeah. Um, Everything's more expensive in London. <laughs> yeah, in, so in Wales, I assume that sunbeds are free. Obviously cost a lot for, you know, it's all our taxes anyway, isn't it, NHS? You know, but they are free effectively I don't know if in England you get money NHS or you have to pay extra really I don't know Mm. so in uni would you say that your psoriasis affected you in any way like did it get in the way of anything friendships um I don't think particularly because I think people were more mature by then and again in my head maybe I was thinking about it and people would probably notice it 
but no one was really cruel about it as far as I could see. Yeah, I can't think of any really barriers at uni besides having to pay for medication. And also, um, like, the best friend I've made at uni, who I'm still in contact with now, um, like, she has her own issues similar to you with sort of physical disability issues. Mm. So we were kind of, in a way, maybe able to relate to each other and having a kind of condition. (laughs) She says we trauma bonded, actually, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I think by that point, maybe everyone's got their own kind of issues and people learn to not judge other people for their issues by the time you're an adult, luckily. I, I do feel like definitely at that age you become a lot more, like, self-aware, a lot more insecure as well. Like, everyone has, like you said, their own insecurities. So, would you say now, like, getting a job and stuff, do you think about it a lot? Do you let it affect you much? Yeah, well, um, I'm going to tell you a story which I haven't... This is not for the benefit of the podcast. This is truly... I haven't told her this story before. I haven't told anyone this story, actually, because I was kind of embarrassed about it for a while. So, obviously, I started my job in January. Maybe, let's say it was about March time... One of my managers called me for a chat. They said, oh, you have a skin issue. Oh, like, obviously, you know, it's a bit really? awkward for them having the chat. What? You know, they were, they, yeah. And it was basically that supposedly some of the other staff members had complained about, you know, evidence being left behind, basically. <gasps> the thing is, since COVID, people do now more clean their state. I don't, do you sanitise your stations at work? Or are you not doing that really much I now? Mean, we all have our specific spot on our Right, desk, okay. So. So if it's, you know, shared space, and I remember when I went back to uni after COVID, it was, you know, it was a chore to do it, but they were like, oh, sanitise the keys, wasn't it, and all of that, you know. Mm, but yeah. I thought we worked out a long time ago that COVID didn't live on surface, like, didn't really survive on surfaces, but it was just people trying to protect themselves, wasn't it, really, and companies trying to cover themselves. Mm. But yeah, so people do, I suppose, have to, you know, we have, like, wet wipes to sanitise our stations, mm. so now it's kind of making sure I do that more the thing that's annoying is that takes like an extra five minutes at the end of my day not to be petty that I'm not getting paid for you know and that I then you know as having to get home across London the hours I work are like 10 till 8 so I kind of understand it I can see it's not nice to be able to have you know your skin left over but it doesn't make it not hurtful for me to hear um I think it's really tough for anyone involved to be honest and it does cause these awkward situations where it's really hard to know what to do yeah, that that is quite a tricky one. I'm, I'm assuming there's no like cleaners or anything. Um, I, yeah, there are cleaners who come in in the morning. Every I think every day because again, because I work in the theatre, it obviously needs to be kind of fit for the public. You know, in these professional theatres, they do have cleaners. They clean the auditorium every night. They clean the public spaces every night, but they possibly don't clean our desks. And I suppose yeah, I guess it is their job to clean, but also you don't want them to have to clean up skin. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Yeah. So I is, just do my best. I guess that. Yeah, they just wanted to maybe bring it to your attention. That is a bit of a rubbish thing to have to, like, go yeah. through. But I guess they don't really know what to do and they are probably trying to, you know, being in a work environment, trying to yeah. trying to be respectful. Exactly, yeah. And trying to figure out the balance and know yeah. what to say. That is a bit tough. What has happened since then? Like, has anything really changed? I've got quite um, kind of over the top with um, cleaning up after myself, really. Because I, you know, I kind of suffer from anxiety sometimes, so I overthink things a lot. So because now it's been said to me, I will literally be like, right, I can't leave a single trace of a crumb behind, you know, whereas everyone tends to leave things behind anyway, you know, evidence of you, you know. Even if you don't have a skin condition, your skin peels a bit sometimes, you know, people will leave hairs behind on a chair, won't they, kind of thing, you know. Oh, 100%. I know for a fact that my chair and work is covered with my hair. (laughs) But yeah, I suppose if I clean up a bit after the, a shift and then if whoever's on next cleans up at the beginning of a shift, that should hopefully then cover it then, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you haven't told me that before. No, um, didn't tell my parents either. Oh, really? But, um, is this is this the debut of this story? Yeah, it's, I thought it would be a good <laughs> exclusive for the podcast, to be honest. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. 
and I'm sure you know we can all kind of sympathize with you on that because I guess it's hard to know what to say we don't want to hurt your feelings yeah by we I mean anyone who is in that situation you know they don't want to hurt your feelings but they also don't want to ignore you know the rest of the colleagues that might have brought yeah. something up so it is a fine line and I guess maybe now obviously as you said we're all older and more mature and we don't say things out of spite just to hurt someone's feelings I guess if someone does bring something like that up you could maybe assume that they're saying it with a good heart with the best intentions yeah exactly and they probably are but I think when you hear it first the kind of the child inside you is here the bully child inside you is kind of hearing it and it takes time to then process it as the adult you really, you know. Yeah. Because it is, it's obviously kind of trauma yeah. from the past. And yeah, because so many people have been said things in a nasty way, it's then hard to hear things in a more constructive way as an adult, you know. Without assuming that, you know, they're saying it to hurt you. Yeah. Like in school or whatever, yeah. Do you say that that still affects you now, like the way that you were treated in school? Do you think that still carries on a lot to your life now? Yeah, I think it does, unfortunately. And I think it's a really hard thing to overcome, really, you know. Sometimes with therapy, they can give you ways to overcome it. But I think, unfortunately, yeah, things that happen in school do kind of stay with you for life. Because it's your formative years, isn't it? That's when your brain is kind of growing and shaping and who you are as a person is kind of shaping. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Are you kind of worried for the future? Do you think that you have any fears for the future with your psoriasis? Are you feeling a bit hopeful? Are you feeling a bit more confident now about it? Um, Well, you know, there's always new treatments, there's always new stuff to try. But yeah, I do kind of worry because it does seem to always flare a lot, you know. And I don't know what kind of things it could cause in the future because there's a thing called psoriatic arthritis that is getting arthritis due to having psoriasis um lots of people get arthritis when they get older you know I definitely don't want to get that when I'm young really so I don't want to get that as I get older but I could and then it's they're saying that it can be linked to things like heart problems and other kind of autoimmune conditions basically yeah so I'm just trying to live live for the here and now right now as I'm sure you do as well yeah definitely and there are so many things that could affect us as we get older that we don't even have now or anyone yeah I mean like there there are things that could lead us to death sooner than the conditions that we already have so we shouldn't really let that stop us from living and doing whatever we want and fearing about the future because of it because it's just not it's just something out of our control I get what you mean yeah so as we come to the end of this podcast I just want to ask you is there a piece of advice you'd give to someone who might be struggling with psoriasis and doesn't really know what to do with it is there anything you'd say maybe to your younger self going through this I'd say be more proactive with treatments because possibly I was a bit lazy because it's the kind of thing of every day putting cream on, isn't it, or taking tablets. And maybe if I'd done that sooner, it wouldn't have kind of got as bad as it did now. Um, and that's what I say to anyone who's maybe got a little psoriasis flare. Treat it, you know, and don't let it get worse. I suppose I'd say to my younger self, just be a bit more chill because stress is what makes it worse. And I, I think, you know, even if I said to my younger self, don't listen to the bullies at school. We talk about hypothetical situation, aren't we? But I don't think that really would help much because when people yeah. are cool and you're young you're going to kind of take it to heart and take it in, you know. Oh, definitely, yeah. You do get affected by it really easily. And because, as well, in high school, you want to be liked and you want to fit in and you don't want to have a reason to stand out in a negative way. Would you say, as well, to kind of encourage anyone who has psoriasis to not let it stop them from wearing the clothes that they want to or socialising in the way that they want to, etc.? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you shouldn't hide it because maybe the reason why I've never seen anyone with it is because everyone does hide it. I don't know. 
But yeah, I'd say you should never hide it. We are kind of in an era now where everyone will just kind of wear what they want, um, mm. regardless like, of size, regardless yeah. of conditions, marks, burns, whatever. So yeah, get that skin out in the sun because that will make it better as well, actually, as well as just kind of making you more comfortable, you know? Yeah, definitely don't hide it and kind of just embrace what you have and the more that we kind of show off our flaws and be accepting of it the more that either people will be aware of the conditions or the flaws but also maybe someone else who also has psoriasis will see you and really admire you for being so open about it and embracing it so much and I hope this podcast episode as well has kind of inspired you if you have any flaws or anything that you're insecure of to just put some carpet on them (laughs) there we go there's the unseriousness (laughs) to just embrace the body that you were born with so even if you don't want to show it off just kind of don't let it affect you don't let it take over your mind and your life right yeah probably is a bit um what's the word ironic coming from me because i kind of still do to many levels but that's still what i would say Mm. it's a long process yeah I think Elphaba once said, uh, you shouldn't let what others say bother you. I mean, I always do, but you shouldn't, you know. That's my message to you. (laughs) To be fair, I was waiting for you to bring up something musical related. Lewis is a massive musical fan, like, to an extreme point, I'd say. (laughs) I mean, I'm only realising now, I suppose, actually talk about this. Obviously, Wicked was my big, I mean, still love it, you know, but it was my big obsession in high school and stuff because she was different, she was bullied, she was outspoken, which that was me. I'd kind of fight back with people. I wouldn't just kind of let people say things. I'd probably be quite, you know, if people were mean about me, I'd probably, like, pick out something wrong with them, which maybe isn't the best (laughs) thing to do, but that's kind of natural. So anyway, but just thinking about it now, sitting here, I guess, you know, Elphaba was bullied for being green, for basically having a skin problem. Mm. And I've just realised now maybe that's what... I mean, lots of people say, obviously, Wicked, it can be a storyline about racism. I know lots of people of colour love this show, and that's, you know, that's why we've got a woman of colour playing Alphaba in the movie, you know. So, yeah, I'd say it can be a story about racism, but also it is a story, you could say, about skin problems, because her skin is unnatural, it's green, and Mm. so people are horrible to her about it. Yeah. And so that's why she maybe relates to other people who are being discriminated against in the show. Wow, that's actually so interesting. (laughs) I can see why it's so big because so many people can relate to it because, you know, Alphaba was obviously discriminated against because of the way she looked. Yeah. So that could apply for a lot of things, I guess. Exactly, yeah. So thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you so much to Lewis for joining me and for coming all the way from London to Cardiff just to do this episode. That's definitely... I walked all the way. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Please make sure to follow me on Spotify and to give me a five-star review if you can. That would be amazing. Share this with your friends and your family. Spread the unbalanced word. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.